if you aggregate the top 20 photo apps, video apps, dating apps, etc., this is easily a five to $10 billion marketplace. The apps will pay to add music, just like TikTok and Instagram paid. All these other apps want music as well. Today, we're talking to Andy Blacker, the co-founder and CEO of music tech company Songclip. We're talking about how short-form content, so think video clips, GIFs, and tweets, are quickly becoming the dominant form of communication. But so many of those apps that use those forms of communication don't have music. So, what's possible if they did? This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly tech podcast with myself, David Savage, powered by the Harvey Nash Group, where we bring you news and thoughts from some of the leaders around our industry. Joining me today, we've got a new voice on the podcast, welcoming Hannah. How are you, Hannah? I'm good. How are you? Yes, very good. You are one of our marketing uh, pros. So thank you, you for taking know what the to time. Say then afterwards. I don't know. What, no, marketing, that's not true. Uh... <laughs> well, no. marketing person. I think person. I think pro is the right adjective, right? Well, okay, I'll take that. That's all right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Um, anyway, look. Thanks for your time today. No, thanks for having me on. It's exciting. Uh, is it? Very. Good. Uh, look, very quick. Um, how is your day going? You're off swimming soon, right? Yes, doing a bit of outdoor swimming. Did some this weekend in a river, so just Ooh. mixing it up. It was you... freezing, but actually quite refreshing because it was very warm. Given that I'm currently sat in Manchester and it's 30 mm. degrees, I would mm. kill to go swimming in a river. But I think the nearest thing might be the Manchester Ship Canal, and I don't fancy that so much. Mm, not sure that's the place to be swimming, is it? No, no <laughs> not so much. Any kind of swimming pool, paddling pool even, I'd, I'd go for that. There we go. That's your next episode. You'll have to do it in a, in like a paddling pool or something now. I don't think anyone wants that. <laughs> um, it's a podcast though. It's all video. It's all good. <laughs> it's just the imagery. I think the imagery of anything kind of is just is just worse. No, we don't want we don't want that. We don't want that at all. Um, kind of makes you think though. Summer, you know, chilled vibes. Ultimate summer song. What is the ultimate summer song? Oh, that's really tricky. Um, what's the one by Top Loader? Dancing in the Moonlight. Dancing in the Moonlight. Okay, that's such a good song. What yeah. About yours? Okay. Uh, so there's a song called Shy Guy that is very summery. Okay. I don't think you, I've you, heard this. You haven't heard Shy I, Guy. No. How old is it? <laughs> oh, it's reasonably old. So it's in the Bad Boys soundtrack. Okay. <laughs> that your own playlist uh no it's it's a famous <laughs> song i can't believe you will know it if you heard it you know it. it's by a song called diana king okay shy, um, shy boy shy guy. guy i'm gonna um, i'm gonna send you shy guy <laughs> i'm gonna send you shy guy after this and you'll be like you know what that's a good song or i'm just gonna majorly judge your song choice now <laughs> it's all part of it right if you judge it and 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 you come out and you decide that it's a poor song. Well, that's mm. a reflection on you. Oh, okay. So there's mm. expectations now. I'd say so. Okay. Fair uh, it is, you know, talking about expectations though. So sharing music is is quite a personal thing. So um, today's conversation with Songclip about an app that is making it easier for people to share their love of music. Um, 
could be one fraught with slight anxiety, uh, as I now have about sharing my song with you later. Uh, <laughs> but we'll hand over to the interview. You'll see what we're going on about, and then we'll come back with some commentary on it afterwards. Today, I'm talking to Andy Black, a co-founder and CEO of the music tech company Songclip. Thanks for taking some time to have a chat. It's my pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Joining us from the States. Yes, joining you from right outside of New York City in Port Washington, and uh, but collaborating always with our team that's based in San Francisco. This is quite nice because it's quite it's kind of therapy for me because at the time of recording, we're about two and a half hours away from England's semi-final in the European Championships, and it's all anyone over here is talking about. So <laughs> I, I could talk to someone who really doesn't care less for a little bit, which is quite nice. <laughs> the only reason I care is because when fans are sharing memes and text messages back and forth, I know that they would be much more effective if they had popular music attached to them. Very quick, before we get into anything else, what is Songclip? Just so we can kind of ground what you do and your, your position within the music tech industry, what's Songclip all about, first of all? Songclip is a patented technology that facilitates integrating music into social apps and platforms on behalf of the music industry. Now, let me say that in normal English. <laughs> we saw an opportunity about six years ago when my wife stopped getting voicemail and said, only text me, right? And my son at the time was seven and he was communicating with us and we were understanding it in GIFs and emojis. As we saw that emergence, and given my background in the music industry and my co-founder's background in the digital music and gaming industry, we thought, wow, everyone's communicating rapidly. We're using text, we're using photos, videos, and we're using GIFs. But the global language is music. Why can I not send you a clip of Justin Bieber? Is it too late now to say sorry? Why can't I send a video of a sports team that I'm rooting against and put loser by Beck? Why can't I send my wife a piece of our wedding song because I'm thinking of her today with a nice video from the weekend when we were out sailing? And the answer was simple, but highly complex to solve. And the answer was, number one, it was and is very, very hard to get licensing for music. It is some of the most protected IP, as it should be. So that's the first issue. The second issue is songs exist. They're four minutes, but I want to be in rapid communication. No one had built a format that was five seconds, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, 20 seconds, nor was there an easy way to find that piece of a song because no one had ever built a search engine around music clips. And the third piece, which is most important, is how do you protect and report on that IP? If you give it to consumers or you allow an app to have music within it and you're able to get them compliance and you're able to get them little song clips, how do you properly report and measure how much of that music's being used and make sure that the industry is being paid on it? And so once we understood that, we decided to build SongClip as an intermediary between Sony Universal and Warner and all of the apps and platforms that wanted to integrate music and create and build really cool experiences, products, and services. 
so yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because I'm trying to think about the way that I use music at the minute. So so, and, and this is probably most people's experience. You know, if, if I'm posting something on Instagram, a story, I can obviously get a clip of music and, and you'll probably choose music. And I, I imagine most people choose a piece of music that they think says a little bit about them or says a little bit about the clip, but they look for something quite specific. Versus the way that I use GIFs um, in WhatsApp, for example, where I type in something related to the emotion or whatever response I want to give. And then actually I don't have anything specific in mind. I just then scroll through the GIFs quickly and go, that one works. Right. Rather than going... And my music knowledge is probably not on point enough to be like, yeah, that song, that clip is ideal for it. So how, how do you make it so that it, it does fit to, because most people don't have that instant, that song or that moment, right? But, but you absolutely nailed it, David. I think that one of the, if you start with the mantra that we want to provide a service that's as easy and quick to use as a GIF or an emoji, you strike a wall immediately because with a GIF or an emoji, you're not walking into it with a relationship from your previous life. Whereas I already have a relationship with the who, with the Rolling Stones, with Elvis, with Katy Perry, with Bruno, they mean something to me already. And so you're correct. When you go into Giphy and you type in uh, happy, you will find a ton of different pieces, some premium content from movies and TV and some that's UGC. And maybe that day I want Seinfeld dancing and putting his hands up. And I love that scene from the show. But I also could easily find a baby throwing his hands up. It's not from anything. And that just one of one of those thousands of gifts will work perfectly. On the other side, the consumer behavior you would think is that when you come in to search for something to say happy, you say to yourself, I want Pharrell. I want the clip from happy and I want to send that, which is great. And there is a use case for that. However, when you type in happy into our search engine, and our search engine is the Google of music clips, you'll get back Pharrell happy, but you're also going to get back a lot of songs you probably didn't even think of, like Walking on Sunshine or Celebrate by Cool and the Gang. And suddenly you have sort of this diversity of ways to express yourself with happy. And so no matter whether you want to look at the artist and just look up an artist that you already had a relationship with, or if you want to type in what you're feeling at that moment, what we did from the bottom up was we actually took a piece of music, we took various pieces of it, and then we meta-tagged it by expression, not by the artist name, not by the lyrics, not by the title. Again, in, in simple English, I'll give you a real example. So Billy Joel's Piano Man is one of the most iconic songs. The chorus is, sing us a song, you're the piano man. And most people would say that the song should be classic rock, piano, feeling good, songs we sing at a bar, karaoke, just amazing different iconic pieces to it. The first line of the song is, it's nine o'clock on a Saturday, right? I'm not a good singer, but it's nine o'clock on a Saturday. When we put the algorithms and the meta tags together for that, we tag that waking up sleepy and brunch. And what's really funny is that when I take a video of my son who doesn't want to get up for basketball practice on a Saturday, I put that piece of music on top of the video and it works perfectly. Just like if you and I are out for brunch with friends and I take a video of us, I could put it's nine o'clock on a Saturday. What's so fascinating about that is that you're taking a song that was four minutes that had one meaning 
But when you think about music as expression, no one would ever think of Billy Joel Piano Man as a song for brunch or for waking your child up, but it works perfectly. So when you type in sleepy or brunch or whatever into our search machine, you're going to get back all these interesting pieces of songs, right? And suddenly it's a different, it's a whole, it's a holistic different behavior, right? So music currently, if you go to Spotify, which is an awesome platform, you type in flirt and you'll get back um, flirting with disaster by Molly Hatchett. You'll get back a podcast on flirting and you'll get back a song by the flirtations. But you're not necessarily going to get back a song like Push It by Salt and Pepper, right? With us, it's the opposite. When you type in flirting, you're going to get back all different pieces of songs by Lady Gaga, maybe by Johnny Cash, by James Taylor, all of which have the meaning of flirt from that piece of music, that, that specific piece. And so what we're giving you is really almost music filters to add into your expressions. And the flexibility of our technology allows you to layer music just as a bubble in a text message. It could be layered on top of a photo or video. It can be applied into a gaming platform so that my son could actually buy a clip of music every time he dunks on me. It could say, you know, we are the champions. It could be added in fitness apps. It can be added on top of gifts. They can sing and dance. Whatever a product person has been dreaming of doing with music, with our API, they're now able to do it. They'll be compliant, and the reporting will go back to the industry. Okay, so so I I get that, and this is the interest of it. The reporting goes get the reporting goes back to the industry. What what is in this for the music publishers? Is this that that counts as a stream, or is it too short to count as a stream? So therefore, I suppose there's no benefits to the artist unless it's discoverability. What what's what's the motivation here for them? Because I could imagine on say Instagram, if we go back to that example in a story, you hear you hear a piece of music in a story, maybe you, you go and check it out on uh, on Spotify and then they get a stream or whatever, they get a download, maybe they get a purchase for an album. What is it here for the for the publishers? Great question and really easy answer. Music has been the same format for the past hundred years. A song on average is four minutes long. How it's been monetized and distributed has been different. So there's been radio, LP, 45s, cassette, 8-tracks, CDs, and then buying a song on Apple Music, and today it's streaming. But all of those different distribution platforms all revolve around a four-minute song. That is an asset. Imagine a company like SongClip comes in and says, we're going to take this four-minute song and we're going to cut it into eight different pieces, all of which can be integrated, monetized, and reported on. When we take our API and a photo video app wants to integrate music, they have to pay per user or per play or per share or per creation back to the music industry, both the labels and the publishers. We have literally created a brand new inventory that matches a massive behavior that no one knew was coming. So TikTok, Triller, Instagram, and Snapchat are the only four companies right now in the world that have music as a feature. There are hundreds of photo apps, video apps, gaming apps, fitness apps, dating apps, gaming apps, none of whom have music. And so when you think about us, you want to think of us as A, creating a new format that no one would have known three years ago was needed. And number two, 
we are the pipeline into all of these apps because much like Spotify is Switzerland for the labels, right? And they take a song and they stream it to a consumer and the consumer pays. We took music, we clipped it into multiple pieces and we go directly to apps that pay for that service and we make sure that the labels and publishers are paid for it. It's found money. So um, what is the potential effect of, of a technology like yours on the music industry itself? Because you mentioned there there's only a, a very small handful of apps who use or integrate music right now, notably TikTok, has had a huge impression with people like Drake kind of creating songs almost specifically for TikTok, tick, you know, um, hacking trends um, in in that social platform and creating music that's almost ready-made for the TikTok generation. Yep. Could cutting a song into eight segments lend the publishers to, to turn around to artists and go, hang on, we, we need to think again about how you make your music. Could it disrupt the idea of a, of a four-minute piece of content? I think that's already been disrupted, right? Because, again, you have artists like Drake that actually make a song, specifically thinking it can be on TikTok and they can create a dance for it. I think what we're saying is, we're the bridge. So we have taken with the permission and partnership because the labels and publishers all co-own a piece of our company. We've taken the music, their libraries, we've ingested it, we've clipped it, and we are the world's only search and jukebox of song clips, right? What, why it's important to the music industry and the artists is as follows. There is a centralized consumer behavior on Instagram and on TikTok. Let's just address those two. People make videos and they put music to it, which is awesome. That being said, if you aggregate the top 20 photo apps, video apps, dating apps, et cetera, this is easily a five to $10 billion marketplace. The apps will pay to add music, just like TikTok and Instagram paid. All these other apps want music as well. And what we do on behalf of the industry is we facilitate that right? And we are a resource that they co-own that can go out and provide music. Last year, as an example, we powered 12 different apps. One of them reaches 160 million consumers, right? So there are four apps that we know of that had music. We came along and were able to power 10 to 12 across all different sectors. This year, we'll do, you know, exponentially more than that. What it means, though, at the end of the day is, number one, it's a brand new revenue stream for the industry. Number two, unlike a GIF, every song clip, when you click on it, drives you. It has a deep link to that song on whatever streaming service you like. So let's say after this podcast interview, I send you something saying, thank you, thank you, thank you by Ariana Grande. And you're like, oh, I love that song. You can click on it and add it to your playlist in Spotify and Pandora and iHeart, Tidal, wherever you want. So on one side, apps are paying to integrate music. On another side, you're getting these little clips in front of massive audiences across many, many different apps, not just TikTok or Instagram. So that's discovery, right? And number three is it's driving massive music consumption. Because again, every one of these clips you could click on and add to your playlist or go stream it. So it's a really it's a really fundamental evolution. It does not compete against streaming. 
it doesn't just consider the use case of TikTok and Instagram, which are closed services. This is allowing every top product manager to start to innovate with music. And when we built the company, we had friends at some of the biggest, biggest platforms. And we asked them, what would you do with music? They're like, we've been planning to have music for the last five years. We already know the business case for it. We know why we'll pay for it. We know exactly the types of services and experiences we want to build. But we can't get compliance. There was no little format like a song clip or an API that would work. And we can't build the reporting for every single label and every publisher. So they just decided not to use this. But you know, I think it's about monetization, discovery, and driving massive music consumption. So what is the um, what is the route to soundtracking our lives? Is it gradually these services appearing in one app after another? Is it getting it somehow in something like WhatsApp or Telegram or Signal, one of the big messaging platforms that we're all used to? Or is it going to be that something new comes along, another another app that everyone kind of migrates to en masse, and it's part of that DNA of that app from the beginning? I think that you want to think of SongClip as eggs, flour, and sugar. I'm trusting that the product manager at Twitch or at Match.com, she knows exactly what her user base wants. And so in that situation at Match.com, maybe she creates a music trivia game or icebreakers. At Twitch, maybe it's just to have the compliance. On a gaming app, maybe it's the ability not just to buy virtual avatars like you can in Fortnite, but why, why can you not buy your own clips of music to do the dance to? My son's already spending $14 on virtual clothing and headgear. Can't buy any music. So I don't think it's about us telling what the product experience should be. We're just dropping off the ingredients, right, with the permission of the labels. And these amazing product managers are going to be building awesome products and services. The biggest thing that people have told us is, I can't believe that music is not in gaming. I can't believe that music's not in dating. I can't, you know, it's like, and, and so it's not a pretty job to have to go in and basically be a plumber and a toll booth, right? But that's essentially what we are. We're just the intel inside. We connect it. We make sure the folks are compliant. But what what consumer experience they want to build is up to them. I can argue all day long that it's not the future of music as a feature is not teenagers dancing in videos. That is a yeah. That's a piece of it. I have to admit, I'm surprised, right? Because I, I am not a gamer. Um, I've got a I've got a PlayStation Two and a, and a, a SNES, but Grand Theft Auto on the PS2 had radio stations. When you stole a car, you could change the radio stations, and they were playing music. And it was actually quite a big part of the game to the point that you know you could buy the soundtrack to the games. It was so it was, I'm kind of surprised. It was it was so ingenious. Strauss Zelnick is a, a very a good friend and a, and a mentor to both myself and, and John Van Suchtelen, my co-founder, he was way ahead of the curve and he came from the music industry and Fortnite, you know, has done two or three virtual concerts. But if you already have an audience that's willing to buy virtual goods, you have to ask the question, why, why can't I buy music? If you go into a dating service and you can put up videos of yourself and you can even say, I'm listening to this song on Spotify, but you can't actually use music in any part of your profile. You have to ask yourself why. And if the answers are those three questions that we, we have answered as a company, we're afraid of getting sued. It's too hard to get licensed. 
we don't have the format. Like what are we supposed to as a dating company start clipping and cutting music? And then three, every every label and every publisher has a different way that you have to report the music back to them. So essentially what we are, again, is like an Intel inside. We facilitate and allow you to create and dream up whatever you wish to do with your users. And the reason that the apps pay for this, by the way, is that they've realized, and we've proven this out, that adding music, just like adding a video player, adding e-commerce, adding search, it is a necessity. And it drives ARPU. It drives longer time on service for the dating, dating apps. It's an absolute cornerstone of data to better match people. For the gaming industry, they already know the amount of money they make from selling virtual goods. And so adding music is a big deal. And it's, you know, not to overstate it, we'll be a park ranger in this. We're not the gatekeeper. We work on behalf of the music industry. We built this technology in partnership with them. And again, to simplify it, Spotify streams songs, right? The the labels don't own their own streaming service. They co-own pieces of Spotify, but they just take a song and stream it. We took the libraries of Universal, Sony, and Warner. We created a brand new asset class, and we power apps that want music on behalf of the music industry. Well, look, it's been fascinating to speak to you. It's fascinating to hear where the music industry might be going. I'd imagine that if FIFA had a service like that built into it, there'd be plenty of England fans uh, clipping Sweet Caroline into uh, yes. full-time whistles in their virtual game at any opportunity. So, uh I can certainly see appeal for that kind of stuff. But look, it's been fascinating to talk to you. Really, honestly, it has. And thank you for your time. Thank you so much, David. I really appreciate it. Hannah, first time on the show. I'm, I'm not going to just bulldoze the conversation. Let's, mm-hmm. let's find out. What, what jumped out to you? Uh, firstly, Piano Man. Classic song. Absolutely adore that song. And yeah, nine o'clock on a Saturday. It is nine o'clock. Yeah, nine mm-hmm. o'clock on a Saturday. You see, you have to sing it, don't you, to get there. Um, yeah, I love that deeper meaning. Um, as a Instagram and TikTok user, I think the power of music is, yeah, it's where it's going to take off. I haven't really thought about it in a different app capacity, but yeah, I think it's exciting. But um, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Billy Joel Billy Joel is a great artist. Like my life, my life is, in my opinion, the ultimate fuck you to everything else kind of song <laughs> in a completely lovely kind of melodic yeah. uh, way. Billy, Billy Joel does write some excellent, excellent music. Yeah. Also, you know, um, is it rock and roll? That one. And I actually thought like rock and roll was supposed to be like that. And it's not. it's like like him like jazzing out and stuff but um yeah no I think you could use it in so many different circumstances as well I don't know if I'd use it on a on a dating profile but I could see that option you see I made that a note of that because when he talks about it right at the end about um the the data and how they could use that to then match people that jumped out at me as an obvious oh yeah I'd never really thought about it that way but yeah like when you go on a date with someone one of the things that you tend to talk about is a love of travel music and films yeah because you can put that on dating profiles at the moment with like Spotify I think but I haven't thought of it as I think it's Spotify um but I haven't thought of it as actually matching people with that that would be so cool and also it would be really when he was saying about chopping like one song up and then making it eight different pieces, hmm. that's like even more reason that people would be like, oh my gosh, it's, 
even if I just put this lyric in, then it can be used for so many different things. Well, um, it's interesting as well because, like you know, like he's kind of saying there, that one song might have an overarching kind of feel to it, but actually one or two lines can mean something quite different in isolation. It did. Just so I'm completely clear, he was saying that apps were going to be paying for all of that. Yeah, so the minute he talks about the fact that if you aggregate all the top 20 apps, you're looking probably at a 5 to $10 billion industry and apps will pay and mm-hmm. they're like the plumbing. So I think at one point he describes it like eggs, flour and sugar. Yeah, um, the ingredients, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I, I was quite surprised that only four apps, so he lists, I, I'm probably going to show my age and be really embarrassing <laughs> here, but I, I, I don't know what Tiller is. Instagram, Snapchat and TikTok, yeah, all right, fine. But I was surprised that only four apps have yeah. music interest. What is Tiller? I don't know what Tiller is either. Or maybe it's an American app. Maybe. He was American, wasn't he? Very strong accent. Nice yes. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Nice, fair enough. Uh, nice are you looking accent. up Tiller? Are you looking I up am. Tiller? I am searching it. Oh, I've got tequila, apparently. Instagram photos and videos. No. Don't think that's it. I uh, assume it's T-I-L-L-R. Oh, I've spelled it completely differently, so that's good. That's my assumption. I might be entirely wrong, but I would guess it would be T-I-L-L-R. Uh, no, I've just got lawn mowers at the moment, which I don't think is what people want to be. <laughs> well, I don't know. You're cutting the grass. You want some music? Uh, yeah, but, but he, he talks about powering another 10 to 12. So huge. There is, there is obviously uh, a thirst for it. And when he talks about gaming, that is the one where you're just like, obviously. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked, if anything, to find out that... Um, Fortnite hasn't integrated music because you because of the the whole way that that e, that the e-commerce platform is kind of built onto it and the way that kids do buy skins and so on. I just assume music was part of that, especially with the dancing trends. And also with like a persona for a character in gaming. I don't game, so I don't know if it's actually a thing. But like, if you are building like a persona, then you'd want it to have like kind of a music personality, like what it would listen to and. Or even just yeah. when you're for like, didn't he say like at one point you want to play like We Are The Champions? And I was like, yeah, to be fair, I would want to do that. <laughs> You'd be like, just um, to rub it in a little bit more. So Sensing you're a nerd. Uh, <laughs> no, but you're right though. Music is such a strong part of our character. I suppose the only question mark I've got about this, right, is you put, on a sto- you put a story up or you put up a TikTok video and it is quite... There's quite a creative process that goes on. I can't see it replacing like a like a, a GIF in, in WhatsApp. And I know that he argues otherwise, but choosing a piece of music to go with a photo on an Instagram story or whatnot, yeah, totally get that. Mm. But just send like I I don't know whether I'd stop and look for a piece of music to send to someone in a conversation as opposed to a message and I've also I also have this really weird thing about like not liking to play music out loud in public because I think a lot of people it's the same with that but I think if I'm thinking of it like as a congratulations or like happy birthday or something instead of just being like happy birthday and then just sending that as a text being able to send like a bit Stevie Wonder a bit of Stevie Wonder because that's, that's the best one, isn't it? Not like the children's one. You know, when you like search, you like panic search for it because the cake's coming out and you're like, oh my gosh. And then it always comes up with the kids' one instead of Stevie Wonder. But anyway, if I could send that, that would be quite cool. 
Yeah, that's true. I don't know if it... I'm trying to think of it in other circumstances. Maybe congratulations, but... Yeah. Can, do you think you can, like, chop and change it so there would, like, a certain lyric or something from the song? Well, I guess, I guess as they've said there, they can, they can cut it into eight different segments. So... Yeah. Their their AI is aggregating which particular clips. There's a, there's a, you know you can't edit it edit it on the fly I guess which you know in a, which is odd because <laughs> in a way, well no but I say that like you know again, again if you refer back to Instagram you can pretty much pick the entire song can't you you just mm. pick which eight seconds or seven seconds or whatever and then you can kind of move up and down which bit of the song mm. you want. And I think people would do that if they had the option for it on on a different app or something like that. Yeah. Another option, another way of communicating. It is. It is. I, I'd be interested to see if it changes that four-minute song as an asset, kind of. Because TikTok just, is... Just on. on completely out of nowhere. I'm just thinking, like, people breaking up with people and them sending, like, albums, <laughs> like, really emotional, like, albums, like Adele straight in there, or, like, just, just like, a uh, playlist of, like, may, crying. May, <laughs> maybe if you're, like, 17 yeah, and you're overly like, emotional. Yeah, like people used to do it for like mixtapes or something. So this is the new version of a mixtape. There we go. Yeah, for like Valentine's Day, they just sound like... (laughs) Here's my playlist of songs. The songs that that make me think of you. There we go. Oh, that would be really cheesy, wouldn't it? There we go. Thankfully, I never did that. (laughs) I never made a girl a mixtape. And I was of the age where um, you had to record things off Radio 1. Oh, really? With the tape, yeah. I'm just old enough that that was still a thing. You see, I didn't know about that until I think my parents told me. Oh, go away. (laughs) (laughs) If that makes you feel any better. No, it doesn't. Funnily enough, it doesn't make me feel any better. But now you could send, you know, you could send loads of people loads of different tunes. And then get really judged for your song choices. Well, you say that last night, right? I was sat at a, at a, at a breakfast counter in my friend's house because I'm, as I said, I'm up in Manchester with friends. And Carl uh, opened up my Spotify and passed it back to me and just went, interesting. And I was like, interesting, oh. interesting, good, interesting, bad. Oh. Like that, that, that is not helping me. Like yeah. I am it's being like an judged. an open-ended question, isn't it? Oh, okay. I was like, I was like, what, eclectic? And he was like, hmm. <laughs> Gosh, not even eclectic. Didn't even make that. I think it's quite cool. I think also if they could link it back to maybe Spotify or link it to another music platform. Mm. So let's say like I've got all of my favourite songs kind of already there. So I can kind of open it up and then link it through. Yeah. Instead of then having to like search or being like, oh, what was that song that I was listening to on Spotify or on whatever platform you choose to listen to the yeah. music on. Um, well, look, we're already beginning like at the beginning we i think you were slightly hesitant about it but we're already talking about various different user cases and for the labels where you talk about every label and every publisher has a different way of tracking this and they're like the intel inside we know that data is the glue that holds everything together you can see where that where that five to ten billion comes from very very quickly you can see the ingredients and then the people with the the expertise just being like it will be free yeah no i think that'll yeah. be the power of it really interesting well, it was look thank you for giving up some time and joining us thank you very much for having me 
Uh, on Friday, we've got a slightly special episode. Rebecca Rumble, who's been on the show before, talking about data privacy, and um, she works at My Society, is going to be joining me because uh, we're going to talk all about Pegasus. Uh, so that should be interesting, just working out just how concerned individual people should be or shouldn't be about it. I'd imagine probably that they should be, but we'll find out what an actual expert has to say about it. Uh, but that'll be Friday. But um, until then, Hannah, have a lovely week. Enjoy your swimming and uh, dancing in the moonlight or shy guy well i'll leave that to you amazing thank you very much i don't care i'm not gonna